sister. Welcome listeners to the Sunflower Society podcast. I'm Justine Gonzalez and this is my sister, Kara Howard. Oh, again. I'm sorry. Whoop, take two. Well, that's very realistic of us sharing our journeys. I'm excited for you all to be here, and so is my sister, who's going to tell you a little bit about our podcast. So grab a cup of coffee, hot tea, or even a glass of champagne. That's right. We're two sisters who enjoy really, really good conversation. We love to connect with each other and we love to connect with all of our listeners. So make sure you follow us and also leave a review so that we can keep serving you in the way that we love. All right, let's get ready to go. Hey, sister. Oh, we said it at the same time. (laughs) Welcome, listeners, to episode 23 of the Sunflower Society podcast. We are going to talk about expectations, and we're going to get right into it. Is this what you're expecting, Kara? It's exactly what I was expecting. (laughs) So if you follow either of us on Instagram, which you definitely should, um, Kara is at Fawn River Beauty, F-A-W-N, Fawn River Beauty, and I am at Spiritually Strategic, which is also the name of the brand we're building. So we've been sharing a lot about that on our stories, and actually it, it has kind of been birthed out of this podcast, and so we just started recording our conversations about our transitions and transformations in life. And that's how our podcast was birthed. So we're really excited. Uh, We are currently seeking guests and we have a few that we're getting lined up. So excited to kind of branch out and learn from other people as well and help them share their stories. But today's all about expectations. Um, We, one of our, so for Spiritually Strategic, we have like a small mastermind group with women right now. And do you want to share a little bit of our conversation the other night, Kara, and some of the things Mm -hmm. that came up in relation to expectations or maybe something that stood out for you? Yeah. So the couple um, sessions that we've had so far have been really, really good. Um, And you know, it's really amazing when you try to cultivate, cultivate, sorry, cultivate. cultivate. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's a word. I should look that up. Um, when you're trying to cultivate a little community like that, where everybody is fully invested in being there for positivity and for learning more and just kind of growing and being an encouragement, like it's amazing how people respond to that in a really positive way. Um, So kudos to our little group that we have going on over there. Um, Yeah, we talked quite a bit about 
you know, we each had different elements of situations we were bringing up and getting advice on. But in the end, it kind of did boil down to what are people's expectations of us and why do we feel like we need to trump our own expectations of ourselves in favor of what other people want for us or what other people expect out of us. And really all of our situations that we discussed were, that was at the core. We were living off um, expectations that were not our own and we felt bad saying no about it. So the interesting thing I find about this conversation and, and you and I were talking a little bit about this earlier this morning, but even in the coaching groups I work with for um, cultural, the cultural mastery program that we do with educators through my other company, educator aid, I, it's very fascinating time and again, and typically the people I'm working with are superintendents and principals, right? Some of the highest level positions in education. Um, and they will often say things like, well, my hands are tied or I just can't do that. Mm. And I will always say, okay, well, according to who? And it's like, (laughs) that's a light bulb going off. And so, but let me be a little bit vulnerable here. I know that I said those things, not just in that world, but if I really look back, even until probably I was like, I don't know, 30, 31. So just a few years ago, I don't know that I had really stepped back to think about what my expectations are for me and for my life. And as difficult as that is to admit, that is probably the truth. Like I just operated and, and this happened, this is very typical, right? From a cultural perspective, a person's cultural identity is tied deeply to their beliefs, their values, their norms their symbols, and then their language. Language meaning how we communicate our body language, our voice tone, how we respond emotionally. And then also, if I speak in English or también, estamos hablando en español, right? Whatever. If we're speaking in Spanish mm-hmm. or another language. So all that to say, it's really quite fascinating when you actually ask somebody, well, I mean, who created that norm in your life? Like, like who told you as soon as you graduate college, because this used to be my belief, as soon as you graduate college, you should like already kind of be dating somebody so that you can get married and start having a family. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is too, right. I, on the flip side of that, that's not like pointing a finger at um, Pablo and Renee, like those are our parents. <laughs> that's like on a bigger macro scheme, did I just believe that because that's typically what I saw around me I don't know are you there hello okay so my phone times out oh, at about back. five minutes I'll keep that in mind Sorry. I don't think the listeners <laughs> want me to start singing I'm bad. music <laughs> I never last. I was always here. Um, I, yeah, no, I, I would concur with that. I feel like I was in the same up until like maybe a year ago, honestly. 
uh, a year ago, I got really fed up and I just started doing my own thing according to what I felt I really should be doing. So, um, but I would say, yeah, I lived a lot of all of my life saying a lot of yeses to people that really didn't even deserve a yes from me. They were not fully invested in me or my well-being. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we really cut ourselves short. I was thinking about this. uh, We had parent-teacher conferences last week, and uh, we were discussing with one of the kids' teachers about um, the noise level in the classroom. And my kids have had, they had some transitions happen in the spring of this last year and they are in a new school, um, the same school district, but a different school building we had to consolidate. Anyway, they're adjusting really well. They're loving it, um, had really positive experiences, but one of my kids had, um, some children in her class with emotional disability and in prior years, she'd never had that experience before. And I think um, the teacher, you know, when I, when I brought it up, I brought it up very nicely because I know that they're going through transition and I know there's some difficulty there. Um, but she was just sure that, you know, she was doing everything in her power, but it always came back to, this is all I can do. You know, this is all I can do. And I should have asked her that question, according to who, like you're telling me, I need to go talk to the principal about this issue, but what prevents you from, you know, acting on your own intuition and doing things in your classroom that can maybe get rid of this situation. What's keeping you from doing that? There's nobody I'm sure standing over your shoulder while you teach telling you you can't do certain things. So I mean, I have a lot of respect for all the kids as teachers. They do amazing things and, you know, life would be much, much more difficult without good teachers because I certainly wouldn't be probably a very patient school teacher for mm-hmm. my kids. I can curse people. I won't tell I, stories about how they <laughs> were supposed to help me with homework when I was little. Uh, but I, I always thought after that conversation happened I was like I should have I should have asked her like why do you feel like you can't we just don't go that deep with people always um but anyways all that to say that's an example of I guess like somebody close to me not using their own expectations for them right and a lot you know what uh, I mean like all respect a lot of that because we might have some teachers listening who will be like well okay well my principal really did tell me I can't do this (laughs) so we're not saying that that happened I know well that that happens very intimately I know that that happens but in in these situations no matter your profession the reality goes back to even what I shared what we both just shared about ourselves personally is that we can't always make the assumption that anybody that, that anybody we encounter has ever explored or gone outside of their own um, conditioned norms. And so a lot of times we end up almost reverting back to our behavior, not behavior, but how we emotionally reacted even just like we did when we were a child. Because you're, you're conditioned a certain well, way. What I, 
good, bad, or other, it, it's not really good or bad. It just is. And so in that, in those situations, it's really important to remember that people get to where they are, honestly, and, and to try to understand mm-hmm. and to ask, like you said, can you find a way to ask a question to go deeper with somebody? Right. I also think it's like a year ago is when I started saying to myself the things I said earlier about, you know, I was done with saying yes to everybody but myself. But you have to ask yourself, even if you're in a situation where you have a boss that's like coming Mm -hmm. down on you or whatever, you have to ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? I I know I'm supposed to say no to this. I know this is not the way to do it. I know what I know, like in my gut, in my intuition, I know this is the right thing. And if you're okay with the worst case scenario, say no. Like if you're okay with the worst thing being, oh, you get a slap on the hand and maybe you get a note put in your file or you get a verbal reprimand or is that okay with you? Because like those things are small beans compared to like the ability of you being able to well, then stand that up for goes yourself back to in that why, way. Why does that matter so much to you? You know what I mean? Like if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect your pay right. if it or does it really well-being, like, like why does that really matter? And isn't it more important to be true and authentic to who you are than if you have one note in your file right. when you work someplace for 20 years? I don't know, like, but, but we get in our heads a certain way of thinking and a certain way then of being. And I I think this is your, what you said is key takeaway one, be clear on who you're willing to say yes to and quit saying yes to those who don't deserve your yes. And so often when I look back, I found myself continually saying yes to many, many people who, number one, they did not deserve my yes. And number two, I was constantly never saying yes to myself and what I actually desired. And so I think the hardest step, and, and this is something we explore, we have a lot of goodies coming for you listeners. Um, but this is something that we really explore in a couple free things that we're getting ready to release. One is an ebook. Um, and then we have, but all of them are centered around this idea of if I want to transform my limiting beliefs into limited possibilities and limited or limitless possibilities and limitless opportunities in my life, I have to confront these things about myself. Otherwise, you're, you're basically, you're just conforming to, well, yeah, this is just the way things are. And you know what, if you're okay with that, if right. you're very, very happy 100% with every part of your life, then great. That means you are probably living, you probably know your expectations for yourself and you are probably living up to those expectations for yourself and you don't bend on it. You don't say yes when that's not what you desire. But I think this is a very difficult concept, right. at least for, I know for both of us, this was and we still work very hard at, okay, wait, why am I having this belief? Is this really true? Is this really something that I like that, that I believe about myself or is this somebody else's expectation 
that I've somehow like become for lack of a better illustration, like I've become a little soldier in their army and I just want to say, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Right. Right. And I'm not, and I, by no means I'm saying like go into your place of employment or whatever oh, great with an attitude you. on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying just go do what you want. Like it's, I'm saying the things that matter and are like really. Oh, we've got a timeout. I know Kara's like on her recording device. I know on her recording device, oh! time's out, but she came back quick enough. I didn't get my thong in. Okay, go ahead. You're saying it, you know, with a place of employment, I... um, like we're not telling you to go storm out or have an attitude just because. <laughs> no. I'm saying choose your choose your battles wisely and really I don't I don't know that these battles come up that often but it's this is not about a power grab or anything like that this is about empower I guess it's grabbing power for Ooh. yourself it's about grabbing back your own power key takeaway yeah. too yeah so I guess Grab it is a power for yourself so you can have your most purposeful <laughs> life I feel like we should just stop the podcast. Because why right does somebody there. else need your power? Ooh. Oh, well, no, really. Why does that? Why do you? Why is it okay to give somebody else your power? Power means why? what? What is why power, do we do that? What does power mean to you, though? Because some people might hear. Hang on. Power meaning some they make you might. feel like they make you feel okay. like you have to say yes in some way. You bought into that lie the the thing is too in this whole conversation i don't ask a lot of other people you don't because no i don't think i do like i am not somebody that's trying to overpower other people like if you like me and want to be around me then cool but if you don't then i'm not going to try to chase you down and and also like try to manipulate in that way. I think it's a really manipulative thing to like. So have that's a whole an interesting turn like that. that I was hoping we would take anyway. So it's like you read my mind. We've talked oh. about some of like, Ooh. okay, what do you really expect of yourself? And if it's one of these things, like, okay, for me, so if I say, oh, I really should work out. Okay, why should I'm just modeling an example here of how do you really go deeper with your thought pattern? Okay, Justine, why do you feel like you should mm-hmm. work out? Oh, well, you know, it's really the healthy thing to do. And like, I just should do it. And I used to play sports and like, I, I should. When really what I should never use that terminology. And in order to shift that thinking, I should step back and say, well, I love the way that the gym makes me feel. I love the energy that it gives me to to do my coaching calls and to be able to travel and to be able to have stamina. Like I love how it feels to walk outside um, and be alone with God and with my thoughts. And I also love that it's helping me lose some weight and getting my best body. And I'm wearing clothes that I wasn't wearing a year ago. Right. So instead of, okay, that's the expectation Mm -hmm. for myself because I want to look and feel 
amazing. And I want to honor the body that God has given me. That's a completely different expectation than me saying, oh, well, I should work out. Okay, why? Because I'm still hung up on somebody telling me that I had a big butt or what? Which, I mean, that's actually, right. I think, a compliment. Right. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> had a big butt or what? But all that to say, that's just an example of you can very quick. Like, I, I hear, especially women, I hear women say that a lot. Like, I don't hear men say that as much. I hear women say a lot, oh, well, I really should do this. Yeah. Okay, according to who? Yep. According to who? Oh, let me, let me tell you a story about my life and me and my husband's oh, uh, relationship in this. See, I've got mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. Um, basically, I you know, when we got married and before we got married, this is like from age, I don't know what on probably from puberty on when I was like, you know, like Justine said, we kind of thought when we got to high school, we were going to like start dating and then meet the right guy in college wah, and then wah, get married wah. after college. <laughs> and start a family. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but I, and that's exactly what I did do. Um, but I will say when I, I told Justine last week, I stopped um, putting my husband's laundry away just like last week. Ooh. I decided I was going to do no more laundry. I mean, I'll wash it and fold it and make sure it gets in the basket, but I'm not responsible. Like, why was I doing that? First of all, if you all have followed me on Instagram for any amount of time, I often post <laughs> about my laundry pile because... It is horrific. I hate, I don't even hate washing and folding. It is the putting <gasps> it away I that drives feel. me. I hate it. And if I could have a robot do it or like, I don't know, like somebody do it for me. Um, I Laundry would Linda. pay Let's for that. Not really. I cannot, I cannot get over it. I've tried so many things. Some days it's better than others. Like if I put on a really good podcast and I really focus on the podcast and don't think about it, what I'm doing, but for whatever reason, I hate it. I always have. I, my mom used to get on me cause I'd leave piles of clean laundry on the end of my bed <laughs> and sleep in it. Like <laughs> I forgot about that. anyway, so I decided one <laughs> one week ago and I didn't even have that much clothes back then <laughs> it's so psycho and I decided a week ago like why am I doing this this is just making me frustrated every single time it makes me frustrated with my own let alone my husband's I'm like we work the same amount of hours now, buddy, like between my part-time job and my business we really do we work the same work right? I do the groceries. I do the cooking. Yeah. I do, I do the things right. And I am going to take this one thing that I freaking loathe in life. And I'm going to be like, I'm not doing it for you. Sorry, buddy. I was doing it for 15 and, and years. So let me, okay. Let's get, well, not quite that. Many. Let's get real. 13 years. Did ever even ask you to do that. Oh, no, oh, ding, ding, ding. no, I freaking did it. <laughs> 
what is that about? I felt like I had to do this for what? And he probably Why? Said, he, he probably so I'm not doing it anymore. I said no. It, no, it's yeah, still sitting in the same what? basket. He'll I put it, it when in, he needs unfortunately. it. Unfortunately, he's not going to notice. Yeah. I was at a conference. Pretty this is again just giving you insight. If you're like, man why can't men get it or when men are like why can't women get it this is how differently we think we've contrived this whole story about ooh, is he going to be secretly upset or you know what will he think will he will he think i'm a bad wife or whatever stories you tell yourself i don't know and last week i was at a conference right and there was going to be a networking event in the evening and i had been set up at a booth all day and i had on a dress and heels but I noticed like there were a lot of like, it was for human resources executives, but in the construction industry. So a lot of them, like for them, it was a conference day. So they just had on like jeans and a jacket, you know? So my colleague that was there, who was like a man in his sixties, uh, I said, Hey, I think I'm going to run back to my room and, and just put on jeans with a blazer. Do you think that would be okay? Do, would you feel like that's unprofessional? <laughs> Which I should have known. Even as I'm talking about it, I'm like, I don't know even why I asked that. But I just want, like, he had on a suit and a tie, okay? So I, I just didn't want to, like, disrespect him or have him be like, yeah. oh, those young millennials. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Right, right. And the fuel to the fire. He literally paused for like five seconds and he goes, Just seeing. Um, I really do think of you like a niece, but uh, one way or the other, I don't really care. <laughs> He's like, That's the honest to God truth. And I tell my wife the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like when I like get all gussied up. Maybe I've had a day I haven't had to go out anywhere. No makeup, you know, sloppy bun. Maybe I didn't even take a shower. But I feel like right before my husband comes home, I need to like get done up. You know what I mean? And he does he ever say walk in the door and be like, hey, oh, girl, you smell good. You look good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's seen this face for 13 years if you if okay but i think you were coming in from work and he was already there would you like would you go tell him that that would not be that would not be the first thing (laughs) on your mind is my point because you have just gotten off work you've commuted home that's true if he if he looked really nice though and it was out of the ordinary i guess i look nice all the time though it's not out of the ordinary (laughs) So, so then, so then what I think, I think we have to determine then, like, are we going through life then, even if it's not about power, because you made a really good point earlier about sometimes people are, are placing expectations on others because they want to control them or they want to control a situation. But when it comes to what we expect, even, and and we've talked a little bit about husband and wife or girlfriend, boyfriend, partnership, um, spouses, significant others, those relationship roles. I think often you do enter um, 
whether it's a, a, a romantic relationship or a friendship or a work relationship, a professional one, to some degree, you enter all of these commitments and, and quote unquote relationships without even ever understanding what you're expecting of them and what they're expecting of you. So right. I think that's why it becomes like so right. important to, to go back to what we started with. You have to first define what your expectations are for yourself and for your life. What are those non-negotiables that you say, if this is how I want to live my life and this is what makes me happy, th then, then this is, these are X, Y, Z, what I expect of myself and how I expect myself to show up. Once you've done that, is then when you can try to figure out, well, okay, is this person that I'm entering into a marriage with, are they, a good, are they aligned with, with what I expect, honestly, for my life? Or is this job that I'm going to sign right. a five-year contract with, is this what I expect for my life? Then you can start to, inter this is why when people say, you need to be interviewing the other person. It's not just about them falling head over heels for you, whether it's a, a, a company or a person. You have to then ask them, well, so what does this mean like with your expectations? Because companies, I, I'll take it to a business level. Companies are very good about saying, oh, well, these are our core values. Okay, but what does that mean as far as what you expect? Because you can have a core value that says, we really value and honor diversity. Okay, but what, what does that mean you actually expect from people? And how do you expect people to show up in the workplace and interact with and treat each other? And, if, and what I've found right. is most schools, most companies, most businesses, organizations across the board, they don't actually know what they believe and what they expect of each other. The funny thing is employees really should be hoping to bring in people with higher expectations than yeah. the company currently has. Isn't that the funny shift though? Like I think that's gonna that's gonna start being the way. I already feel like this generation of like millennials, the workforce has shifted in that we're now shopping for you. Like we're not looking for you to recruit us we're shopping for a place where we can hang where where you can really thrive and create a legacy and have meaning and contribute your gift and talents i'm assuming that's what you were going to say because you've timed out again <laughs> are you so so i oh, actually recapped well hey i either have to take time i think i recapped you oh, really well I so as soon as you went silent, I said, okay. I bet what she was going to keep saying was they're looking for some place to contribute their gifts and talents and leave a legacy and have meaning. But that's the huge disconnect, right? So there's a huge disconnect right now, even somewhat between Generation X and baby boomers with millennials, because millennials are making up majority of the workforce, but most positions at the executive level or those who are running a company or school or organization um, from school district perspective, more like the superintendent or network levels or hospitals, administrator levels, right? Like those are usually going to be your baby boomers are older generation X. So from a, a cultural perspective, a lot of times 
there's a lot of retention issues. This isn't just a, it's not just a teacher shortage. There's retention issues across the board. Like this is what I'm working with organizations on identifying. Well, you have retention issues because you're using a strategy to divert, to, to recruit somebody because they're a millennial or perhaps they're a certain race or ethnicity, or they bring something diverse to the company but then you're not doing due diligence to actually understand how they think. So because millennials are thinking of it as I'm shopping for you, well, the people who they're being interviewed by often, they're still looking at it in quote unquote, the old way of this is hierarchical. You work for us. I'm shopping for you. So this is then why you see this huge gap again, I am seeing this in almost every industry now that that we are serving through the cultural mastery process and certification. People are having that issue because on the front end, they are not taking time to go deep and know the person. And on both sides, this is not just an older thing or a millennial thing, on both sides, understand what their beliefs are, understand what the expectations are from the other party. And then you leave, right? You realize that once you got into it, just like if if people get married and you realize two years in, wow, we're getting divorced. We have nothing in common. Well, it's not that you didn't have anything in common. There was something that bound, that binded you in, in a reason why you got married, but you realized more deeply that inherently you both might have very different expectations and very different beliefs about life. Right. Well, I happen to sit from the perch of neither being a millennial or oh, a Gen X. That? So that, I don't know what that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> I can I really do like I shift in and out of both of those like I, it just depends on the circumstance. It's I'm millennial in a lot of ways that I think, but I also am I can see like the corporate type of viewpoint as well as like an ethical thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I just don't, I think there is a really good give and take conversation happening right now, but I bet in the next 10 to 15 years, the workforce will completely be transformed. Like I think, going to be there's so much automation now with actual physical goods and products like I think in the future the very near future we're going to be looking at intellectual um, property as goods and services like that's going to be business in the next well that's why that's why K-12 schools and higher education institutions are struggling so much because they're losing relevancy by the second and they they can't even keep up enough to there are so many people making money now with positions and jobs and careers and uh, yeah. They, and yeah, that and didn't so exist. There's no programs of study for those things. And the majority of people who are tenured in teaching right. at the, the higher ed level there, they are baby boomers. I don't, I don't know that I have, right. I don't know, regardless of my master's, I'm now in my PhD program. I don't think I have ever had a professor who is not like who is younger than probably 45 or 50. Wow. 
Which is the nature of it, right? But then it, it does take yeah, away I... from being relevant if you're not willing to be open to seeing the world differently and exposing yourself to what else is out there because academia is a very different beast than the real world. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Right. But that's why they're – anyways, this this took a turn. This took a turn. I could. I don't want to get on a soapbox. Oh, about, take about away. <laughs> teach your kids. Teach your kids to think. Teach your kids to think. Make them struggle a little bit. Do all of that so that they can be successful. Because I really – I don't think there's going to be colleges in the next 20 years. There will years. be colleges. I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> They just, you just might, they might, not be as, they might continue to not be as relevant or they will have to be. Hey, let's listen to this podcast again in 20 years. Let's be, see where we're we'll at. Have to be which there are, to, to credit, there are universities yeah. who are on their way of doing this. There are definitely high schools who are attempting to do things that are more relevant, but um, it's, yeah, it's going to take time and we, Yeah. So the biggest thing about expectations is number one, our first key takeaway was let, let your yeses be to your own expectations first and know what those are and don't give a yes to somebody who doesn't deserve your yes. Um, And then our second takeaway was to really just, I don't know exactly what we said, but it was to actually, actually define your own first in order for you to then have those conversations with others and know if you align with, with their expectations, you know, you can't really know. I, I don't know. You can't really just, you can't magically know, oh yeah, this is just going to happen because it's going to happen. I don't, I don't have that belief. I don't know. You, you can't just say, oh, well, because I expect this, they're going to expect the same exact thing. Right. No. Um, and the third key takeaway is create hey, a robot type thing for Kara to put away laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. No, the third takeaway is college is dying. It's a dying form of No, I'm just kidding. Um, I wanted to say for our next episode, I think we should do a ask us yeah. anything. I think that would be great. I'm think not about sure when we're going to be recording with our first guests. I know we're still vetting them, but I would love for episode 24 to be ask us anything. Um, so we'll, we'll start to share on our Instagram stories, uh, try to be consistent with asking, what do you want to hear us talk about or what questions do you have? Um, I think that's a great idea. So Kara is at Fawn River Beauty and I am at Spiritually Strategic. We are both on Instagram. That is where we hang out most. You can learn about our new endeavors. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, we are going to have some free resources coming out through our new brand, Spiritually Strategic, where we really want to help others leverage their spiritual gifts in the marketplace. So if you are a person listening and you're like, man, or woman, (laughs) I have... so long about either a book or a business 
or a brand and you just have some fear around it. You know, you don't know what people will think. You don't know where to get started. Um, my sister and I have both been involved in being entrepreneurs for a while, um, but we also know what it's like to transition. And so we have a very refined process. So we are excited. We'll, we'll keep you posted. I don't, I, we don't have an exact date yet, but I know we are going to do some pre-enrollment in January, 2020. We're going to be launching a one-on-one -on -one personalized coaching program called bold without burnout specifically for women. Um, and we're both very excited about this. We have a very defined process that takes you from, if you're just got a really, really good idea, you know, it's a great idea but you need the organization, you need the encouragement and inspiration, you need the spiritual part, but you also need the strategic part. Uh, we have all the pieces to basically take you from an idea to bring that idea to complete reality and fruition within five months. So all that to say, we are super excited. We will continue to keep you informed, but DM us if you have any questions about things we've shared. And then we will also consistently try to pull and put out the ask me questions. Um, anything to add with that, Kara? Yeah, if uh, you know anybody that <laughs> can invent me a laundry robot, DM me that as well. Thanks so much. All right. <laughs> Until next time, listeners, uh, be sure to subscribe, write us a review, and let us know what you want to hear about. All right. Bye, sister. Bye, sister.